And we're back to Heart Fails 73. Do you know G.K. Chesterton? Yes. Yeah. So apparently he was there, was, there was like a newspaper ad or a newspaper kind of right into the newspaper in the early 18 or 1900s, whenever he was live. I'm confused about when he was live. I believe he was live in early 1900s. Back when newspapers he's were big. He's the with the crazy haircut, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was a very eccentric okay. man. But so this newspaper <laughs> ran a headline or a, ran a, you know, solicitation about send us your answers for what's wrong with the world. So G.K. Chesterton's response was, Dear Sir, regarding your article, What's Wrong with the World? I am yours truly. G.K. Chesterton. Dang, bro. <laughs> That's a guy who knew the right answer to that question right there. Yeah. That's, and I can't, you know, I can't speak for his heart. I don't know exactly all of his beliefs and whatnot. Um, he's passed away. So if I see him someday in heaven, awesome. If not, um, who knows? Sorry, I'm kind of veering off already. It's very early in the morning for both of us. Yeah, he recognized that, he is what's wrong with the world. And that's where a true Christian actually, where our minds and our hearts go is what's wrong with the world. I am. And that's what we've been talking about on this podcast for, for years. I mean, as, as far as what I'm, I've been trying to preach, what I've been trying to get the point out there. We had a great episode called fools sometime early in the year or last year. I'm not sure. Uh, which I think yeah. both of us were like, did you go back and listen to that actually after we had done it? I do. I, I go back and listen to them all because I'm just really encouraged by uh, what the Lord is doing and, and by His Word. So I um, remember. I, do, I did go back and listen to that. I remember walking around. I have like a, a little circle that I can walk around my living room and kitchen. And I remember listening to it a, a week or two later after we had recorded and just walking around in the circle and being like, wow. Like, this is so true. Like, just the conversation that you and I were having. And, like, it was just so edifying to me and being like, wow, I needed to hear this. I need to hear this every day almost. <laughs> so if I do listen to it every day, I mean, those those, uh, those downloads and those listens on, on Spotify will really jump up. <laughs> I, don't know if it, I don't know if it concentrates on unique listens or whatever. Well, but, it's true for whenever we're talking on these matters, it's not like, Hey, we're going to, let's, let's tell everyone what they need to hear, you know, supremely, but, but really it's, we're, we're telling ourselves what we need to hear. And we believe that because it's, it's true and because it's, it's the gospel, that it is something that everyone needs to hear, but it, but it starts with the, the chief, the chief sinners, you know, us, uh, those, the chief fools, us, and those who really need it. If we're not using the keys of humility in, in any form of ministry, whether it's podcasting or open air preaching, then I don't think that we're, uh, although the Lord can strike a straight blow with a bent stick, then we don't, we don't have the keys that open up the, the door uh, to be privileged to share uh, this good news. Yeah. I, I listen cause I, I need it. <laughs> okay. One of the other things that I have, of course, is the Martin Lloyd Jones sermon from 1956. And I don't have the title of the sermon, but I have the quote. No. You cannot adequately convey the sinfulness of sin. I love that. I love that because I can't do that. 
I know that I can't do that. We just had Good Friday and Friday. We just had Easter, Resurrection, the celebration and commemoration of our Lord and Savior being risen and being alive. And he lives, he lives who once was dead. He lives my ever-living head. We just had that yesterday, actually. You can't convey the sinfulness of sin on what it actually means that the Son of God died on the cross for sinners. You can't actually convey that in human terms. But when you are a Christian, when you realize that you are the chief of sinners, when you realize that I am what's wrong in the world, you know this. You know it, but you can't necessarily explain it. One of the Mm. other things that I was listening to was Alistair Begg. Um, It was an interview with... Master's Seminary, which I believe is John MacArthur's kind of thing. Um, And it was talking about him and preaching. And then he was going to a Sinclair Ferguson (laughs) children's book. And he was uh, commending Sinclair Ferguson on how well he explains things to children, which is very difficult to do, actually. As a parent, I know this. As a parent, I'm sure you know this. And one of the things that he explained was, Sinclair Ferguson is saying, imagine you have a garbage bag and every sin that you commit, it just goes in the garbage bag and you're just filling up this garbage bag and it's bursting at the seams. And then you take this garbage bag with banana peels and rotten yogurt and knives and sharp words and all these different things. And then you pour it, the whole thing, on the Son of God. A child understands that. <laughs> How come as an adult I've never like really looked at it like that? Well, now I do because a very godly man who's in the word, who is explaining things to children, I've heard him explain it to children now. And yeah, that gives me a different angle on what my sin is and why the Son of God went to the cross, said it was finished, died, buried, and was vindicated by being raised from the dead through the Holy Spirit by the Father. Yeah, I thought of, uh, there's an example, over Easter, we were at a family member's house, and it was actually my mother-in-law's, but I was talking to like my father-in-law's brother. And I was speaking with him, and you know, we didn't get on the, the, the topic of the gospel uh, for this conversation, but it just it had me thinking on it uh, virtually the whole time, and he he recently was doing something. Uh, They're moving. He was doing something in the backyard where, I, oh, he was just burning. He was just burning some wood or whatever. <clears throat> it's still pretty cold over here, but we were just burning some wood. And uh, he lit everything on fire and stood there. And the wind blew or whatever. And part of the fire got a little out of control. So he started stomping it out with his foot or whatever. And he's like, okay. And then he noticed that it, it was getting away from him. He's like, oh, crud. You know, I got to. All right, I'm going to go get some water. So he races to the, you know, to the faucet and he turns it on. Well, well, they're just, they're just, uh, getting things done so they can move. The water wasn't turned on yet. So no water is coming out of this spigot and the fire now has, it, it's overwhelming. And he used the words like, he's like, I felt so hopeless. I felt, uh, not only like defeated, but I was in despair. It started one way. It got ahead of me. I ha- I couldn't catch up with it. I had to call the fire department, and he tells my 
my brother-in-law, he's like, man, dude, my brother-in-law goes, how long did it take for the fire department to get there? And he goes, 10 minutes. And my brother-in-law was like, oh, that's not that bad. And I looked at him like, that's not bad. I'm like, I'm like 30 seconds is bad. Like, and I, I looked at him and said, how long did that last? You know, and he's like, man, like that 10 minutes had to be forever. And I just sat there thinking like how much more so every analogy falls apart. But I just kept thinking like how much more so is, is the sin in my life and am I deserving for everything to be burned down? You know, it's, it seemed to have started so small and it's out of my control. I have no control over it now. I cannot put it out. I cannot save it. It's overwhelming. I'm in despair. Help. I need help. And then I call and I've got to wait. And that feels like that 10 minutes for him felt like an eternity. And that's how much, that's how long our, not only will our sin feel, but how long it really will be um, in light of God's utter holiness. But praise him that the moment we call, <clears throat> um, living water comes pouring out of that hose. Uh, fire department shows up in a heartbeat. I mean, and everything is dealt with at the cross. At least for those who see, right? He, in order for him to run to the spigot to ask for water or to call for help, he had to see not only that there was fire there, that's why everybody can admit that they're, that they're not perfect, that there's some things that need to get burned up. But, uh, but he, had to, he had to see that he couldn't, he couldn't contain it. He couldn't control it. And, and that he was in utter despair. That he needed, he could not rely on himself. Um, I think he said that it was really when he turned the spigot and no water came out that he had to depend on on outside sources to save him. And then they showed a, an aerial picture, like what would have happened if it would have leaked? There was a hop farm connected right to it. The fire would have leaked. Uh, next to that was a propane farm, essentially, with Whoa. propane tanks. <laughs> um, you know, and like I'm like, bro, like that's destruction. Mm-hmm. Like that's <laughs> that's destruction, but. That's Praise not. God. That's you know, not just you. Up and- <laughs> that, that's not just the house. That's not just you. That's your family members. That's your neighbors. Yeah, bro, that's is- the whole neighborhood. <laughs> uh, and this yeah. is a perfect transition right here. Uh, we're not going to go deep into this because I don't think neither one of I don't think either one of us is smart enough actually to go deep into this. But I'm going to read Probably Ephesians <laughs> two verse one to ten. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course Mm. of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. I'm just going to interject here. He's writing this to Christians. This is written to believers. Verse four goes on, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What's wrong with the world? We are what's wrong with the world. What happens when a fire is getting out of control? You cry out for help. What happens when you realize that the just garbage bag of your sins is being poured out on another person? You feel shame and guilt. And you recognize, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We love because he first loved us. And that love that he has given us, here's another transition, that steadfast love, the ongoing, faithful, continuous love that God has for his children in Christ Jesus. Man. Well, it's too too good to fathom. It really is. (laughs) It really uh, is. It it is the reality. It's the reality. It's the reality. We just had Easter weekend. And the very first thing that when we started talking on the phone, it's like we're we're rejuvenated. We are rejuvenated because we went to the house of the Lord. We gathered with other believers. We worshiped and glorified. This isn't just a once a year kind of thing. This is the, the time of the year, though, where we specifically set aside to commemorate this. But this is an everyday thing. This is steadfast love of God is ongoing, faithful, continuous love. And I'm actually reading that definition from Psalm 119, and I'm just going to jump on over there as well. Um, So verse 41, our pastor pointed out, um, so it's, Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. My pastor pointed out in verse 41 of Psalm 119, that's the first time that steadfast love is mentioned. As we're going through it, (laughs) we just did this. I believe this was last week's. I can't pronounce this letter, but it's Keth, but it's with that clearing of the throat kind of thing. Can you do that? So the first part would be like, Keth with the clearing of the throat at the first first part. Very good. <laughs> that's, that's what it sounded like to me. And I'm like, I cannot do that at all. But listen to this. So this is, this is heart fails 73. I am Adam and I am with my brother, Steven. Good for you guys to hear us. I don't know how to say it. There we go. Good, good day, everyone. <laughs> so listen to this. I, I end every single episode of the podcast with Psalm um, 73 verse, I believe it's 26. The, my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So this is God's word. This is Psalm 119 verse 57. The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the covenant God, Jehovah, the Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. And then we just jump down to verse 64 later on. The earth, O Lord, capital letters, Jehovah, covenant God. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. 
your ongoing, oh. faithful, continuous love. Interject there. Teach me your statutes. Wow. The whole Bible talks about this. The whole Bible talks about God's steadfast love. This is, I've said it before earlier, I believe with Tommy very early on, we have 66 love letters from God. And a lot of times we just throw them on a shelf. Yeah, I'll get to that eventually. This is that's convicting to me as well. You know, I, I I have found myself being very busy lately with volunteering at school and doing different things and blah blah blah. And you know, okay, I'm gonna get that chapter of the Bible in a day. Like I'm gonna do this. Oh, I didn't do it today. Like it, that's that's another one of those very convicting things. As where are our priorities? God revealed to us, especially this weekend in commemoration his priority for us. I want to go to Deuteronomy as well, you know, those those 10 commandments, because uh, the, the verse that I ended there, verse uh, 64, teach me your statutes. So the 10 commandments, Deuteronomy, um, I'm going to start at verse 8, but the key verse is verse 10. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or the likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. One of the other things that my pastor taught me this past week or two was that thousands, like that's the, that's kind of like the biggest number in, um, in Hebrew. Like we would, we would probably say something like, and I, you know, learn Hebrew. I don't know Hebrew. I'm just passing on information here, (laughs) but this is my understanding. Do some research on the things that Stephen and I say. I mean, really, come on. Yeah, Um, really. (laughs) So it's my (laughs) understanding. Yeah. Well, so it's my understanding though, that thousands is the greatest kind of like the biggest number, like the biggest expression of a number in Hebrews. So it's, it's, it's not, I don't think it's saying infinity, but it's saying like millions upon millions kind of thing. So, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments to many, to a great number. And it's not our keeping of the commandments that saves us. It's God's love that saves us. And we love because he first loved us. It's amazing. And this is all the grace and the mercy of God. Yeah. Who is a God like you, who pardons sins and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy, steadfast love. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. This is an open invitation. Come. Isaiah 55, come everyone who thirsts. Oh, yeah. Come Let's to go. the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. 
why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. And I now know that I definitely am giving a little teaser trailer for the next episode that Stephen and I are are going to do because that one is going to be called purchased. <laughs> so this is, this is a little taste of the next episode that Steven and I do, yeah, man. but this wow. one, this one is called love full because this one is about being full of love and not my love, but being full of God's love. We love because yeah. he first loved us. It is his steadfast love that we've just been commemorating this past weekend. It is all, people hate this phrase. I believe Tommy was very frustrated with me when I used this phrase, but it's all throughout the Bible. Um, I'm, I'm reading the Psalms with my kids and I'm marking down everywhere in Psalms where it says steadfast love and I'm just highlighting it with green and I'm running out of, I'm running out of a highlighter because it's it's everywhere um the steadfast love of god and i'm just going to kind of page a little bit the main one that i saw was uh 40 i want to read verses two and three because i wrote a little note here that says salvation i'll go back to one i waited patiently for the lord he inclined to me and heard my cry he drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. I'm going to jump down to verse 10. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Verse 11, as for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. Verse 12, for evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Wow this would be the perfect time <laughs> to just cut the, cut the episode off. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. But I'm not doing that right now. But this is God's word. This is all throughout. As you pay, you can page through the Psalms. Psalm 48, we have thought on your steadfast love, O God. I'm just randomly paging here. Uh, Psalm 57, my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Verse 10, for your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Uh, 69, I believe, is where I am here. Uh, Nope, 69, sorry, forgive me. Uh, Verse 13, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me in your saving faithfulness. Verse 16, answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good. Verse 21, They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst, they gave me sour wine to drink. That prophecy was fulfilled on the cross by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his steadfast love. 
and faithfulness. And you can go throughout the Psalms. I have Psalm 89, I have Psalm 118, I have Psalm 119. You go throughout all of them. It's all there. I read from Deuteronomy. I bet you if you read from every book in the Old Testament, you will find the words, steadfast love of God, his ongoing, faithful, continuous love. Yeah, I love the ongoing and faithful uh, portion. I was maybe I'll share with you that story really briefly. Yes, of, please do. Of Lisa, I think it. I think it's fitting. Yes. Um, as we were preaching and had sign holding and evangelizing uh, this last Tuesday, there was a lady who was going into Harvest Health, uh, a store that's uh, on the corner, and uh, Brother Jordan Sweezer had engaged her. Him and uh, uh, Brother Cole. They engaged this uh, this lady. Her name was Lisa. And as they were talking with her, uh, you know, they were talking, they were sharing the gospel. And Lisa essentially said, you know, well, tell tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, everybody, everybody's forgiven. Every everyone is, you know, because God's so forgiving. Everybody's forgiving, which you know we would we would call that universalism essentially that everyone's forgiven. Uh, now everybody could can be forgiven. Uh, but but she was saying that everybody is forgiven. So Jordan had challenged that and just simply uh, brought the scriptures to bear and said, you know, no, no, they're, no, no, we're not. Um, and she was taken aback by that. Um, what do you, what do you mean? Tell me where I'm wrong. And, and he explained to her that all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And therefore, uh, actually all of us are unforgiven, uh, to begin with. Uh, we have a debt that needs to be paid. We need, we need forgiveness because we're not forgiven. And, uh, and so Jesus came into the world to save sinners because we stand condemned already. We're unforgiven. And so Jesus came to forgive. And, and as she came to realize that truth, she pulled over to the corner and, and, and she actually, she had submitted herself to the word of God and said, yes, I, I, wow. And she was so excited. So, so happy with not that she rejected it, but she had a more clearer understanding of the grace and the mercy and the steadfast love of God. She saw that, that, that God pursues sinners with his steadfast love that he has shown us in Christ. He loved us first and now we can love. He forgave us first. So now we can forgive. We would call that an illumination, not a particular revelation because God's word is the full revelation. But when the spirit works on your heart, it is illuminated within you. Yeah. So she wasn't, it wasn't like she was converted right there. It's that she was already converted, but this, the scriptures need to be illuminated to her. Um, and they were by, by the Holy Spirit. And when she understood biblical forgiveness and the steadfast love of the Lord, not only to offer that forgiveness, but then to lavishly apply it to sinners who are generally received Christ as Lord over their lives and savior of their souls. Um, she was so ecstatic that God was just, she, she realized God's just. And then she also realized the steadfast love of the Lord that pursues the unjust. And when that made alive to her, she came to the corner to rejoice, to just rejoice. And anyways, we were able to, uh, I just spoke with her this past uh, Saturday. She still had the same joy that she had to, to understanding that it's not just that this, the steadfast love abounded to her as if she deserved it, but she realized that the steadfast love abounded to her uh, when she didn't deserve it. It's not that everybody got it. 
uh, but it was that by God's grace, he poured his wrath upon Jesus so that her debts could be forgiven. And as she chose today whom she'd serve, you know, uh, she realized the steadfast love of the Lord. Now that he's uh, by his grace, I'm just highlighting by his grace, he forgives. It's immovable. It's unshakable. It's never, he's never going to take it away from her. It's hers. She's received it. And now she gets to live that out um, toward others um, who don't deserve forgiveness in relationships, but she's able to give that anyways. And, now there, there's much more uh, that I'll tell you offline uh, concerning how we have a, ver- uh, a very similar connection, um, but we plan to continue to disciple and, and love and to explain to her the forgiveness of God that is found in Jesus Christ and how steadfast and immovable it is to, the steadfast love of the Lord and his faithfulness will preserve us. You have on uh, your Facebook page, uh, is it Frontline Street Ministry now? Mm-hmm. You have an actual like update of, of that. Is it Mo? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or no, wait, was this Lisa or Mo? I apologize. Well, Mo, Mo was on the same evening. Okay, but you were but, telling uh, the story Lisa, of Lisa, right? Yeah, yeah. I apologize. Lisa was, was also that same evening. I, I mixed up those stories. I apologize. You know, but I, I just so wanted to throw a shout out to your ministry on Facebook page, <laughs> street, uh, Frontline Street Ministry on Facebook. You can follow Stephen, and he shares these stories all the time on his Facebook page of updates and prayers to have for people that they're interacting with. And they're, uh, I don't know if I, I shared on the podcast here your five minute video that was done by Mana Media. And uh, in the video, you talk about how we're you're going out there with other people from different churches, and you're fishing for men. And it's not yeah. your ability that's saving people. You're being oh. true and faithful to your God who commands you, go. Go out there right. and make disciples. Um, I have a, a quote from Table Talk. We are saved by faith that we live by faith. Our salvation depends not on the strength of our faith, but rather on the object of our faith. And when we are going out there and when we are witnessing and showing the good news, we share Jesus Christ, him crucified and vindicated by God, raised from the dead as the hope, the only hope of salvation to sinners. And we're going out there and we're fishing it's not dependent upon us as far as who gets saved and who's who doesn't. I have another right. quote here, Matthew 19, verse 24. And again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. That's a promise of God. Yeah. The question that I always, I've, I've been giving to people so often lately when I'm going through different, I'm, I'm doing a different Bible studies with different people, um, but usually after we read something, I'll, I'll kind of stop and say, do you believe that? 
And a lot of times people are taken back by that. Well, yeah, of course I believe that I'm here. No, no, I'm not saying, are you here reading this with me? I'm saying, do you believe what the God of the universe, the God of all creation is telling you right now in his word? And I think we don't necessarily delve too far into that a lot of times. Surely I am with you always until the very end of the age. That's a promise of God. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said that right before he gave the command, go, go, preach the good news, preach salvation of sinners. Yeah, the steadfast love of the Lord, you know. (laughs) That's offered, that's offered to sinners. You know, there's, there is the steadfast love of the Lord in terms of his character and nature, right? But it's, but it, it just, he is love. He is steadfast love. But then there's the, how he applies it to sinners uh, individually, his steadfast love and salvation to them. Um, and then there's the way that it's, it's carried out through the sinner's life. The steadfast love of the Lord abounds to me. Um, it abounded to me. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's fleshed out. There's, there's common steadfast love of the Lord is, you know, it, it abounds everywhere. The, the heavens declare the glories of God. They show his steadfast love. Um, but for us who have received the steadfast love of the Lord in salvation, we now become benefit, bene, uh, benefactors and participants um, and receivers of the steadfast love of the Lord throughout our whole lives. We have eyes by which to see it we can lay claim and lay hold of the promises of the steadfast love of the Lord to, uh, to see us through every trial and every tribulation and, and under salvation and glory where we will be in the steadfast love of the Lord forever. That's an incredible thing to, you know, to, to peel back. I don't know. I think theologians oftentimes use like that as the peel of a, of a, of an onion, you know, there's, there's all these layers and I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm applying it correctly, but, but maybe we could say that in terms of the steadfast love of the Lord. There's these different, it's something that holds true, but there's these different layers. You know, I, like when I spoke with Lisa about the steadfast love of the Lord, that, um, well, doesn't everybody have that? Well, they, they do in, a, in the common sense, you know, as in creation. And, but not everybody has the steadfast love of the Lord as it pertains to salvation as it pertains to being forgiven, but all those who call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved by his steadfast love. And that's an, it's, it's an astonishing thing to see that the, in the steadfast love of the Lord, the tomb, uh, you know, the stone was rolled away from the tomb. Not, not just in the sense that, that the steadfast love of the Lord Jesus could go out and tell others, but, but actually uh, so the steadfast love of the Lord uh, through Christ could invite invite sinners into the tomb, into the empty tomb, where we receive, where we too uh, lose our robes, and we receive the righteous robes of Jesus, and receive the unfading crown of glory uh, with our Savior, whom we are brought into the tomb. And one day, the, the, the big stone, you know, this world will be rolled away, and this will be a new creation. All things will be new, and, and we're going to walk around with our Lord, and and we're not going to run and and hug him. And oh man, what's up, bro? It's good to see you. 
we're not going to, oh, I can't believe my, my dead relative is alive. When, when we when we see the Lord, we're going to do nothing but fall at his feet and worship him because he is our Lord. He is our God. He is our steadfast love, the steadfast love of the Lord incarnate uh, wrought for us. I have Isaiah 54. Verse 9, this is like the days of Noah to me, as I swore that the waters of Noah, Noah should no more go over the earth, so I have sworn that I will not be angry with you and will not rebuke you. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. O afflicted one, storm-tossed and not comforted, behold, I will set your stones in antimony and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of agate, your gates of carbuncles, and your wall of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established, you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. If anyone stirs up strife, it is not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Behold, I have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I have also created the ravager to destroy. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication from me declares the Lord. Isaiah 54 comes right after Isaiah 53, and anybody who's listening who has some sort of knowledge of Good Friday and Easter should know Isaiah 53. I'm actually going to transition over to 2 Timothy 3, though. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal. Um, I can't remember what I was listening to, but they were talking about brutal and how it, it's the root is like a brute or it's like animalistic, like rather than being the glory of God's creation as man, as humanity, you're going to act like an animal. You're going to be brutal. Wow. Not So without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. So when you compare that to Isaiah 54, when you compare that to the steadfast love of God, when you compare that with a father who gives beautiful gifts to his children. Why would you want to be a part of a world who does all of those things? And we go back to Ephesians 2. We once did all of those things. That's the hammer in the forehead right there. 
we were lovers of ourselves. We were lovers of money. We were boastful. We were proud. We are. We were abusive. We were brutal. All these descriptions. How could we live in those still now that we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good? This is not legalistic. This is not saying if you're a good person, you're going to get to heaven. You're going to earn your salvation because you're a good person. This is your father has blessed you with everything you need. Treat your father with love and respect. Get out of right. these things. Money doesn't matter. Yourself being boastful doesn't matter. Your pride, your abusing others, being disobedient to parents, that's a big one. <laughs> I mean, especially for adults, right? Like, right. what is the adult relationship with their adult parents? Um, our pastor actually went through that when we were talking about, uh, cause he went through the 10 commandments and honoring your father and mother and how, how as an adult, you honor your adult parent. Very interesting sermon actually. But we love because he first loved us. And if we're of the world, if you are of the world, if anyone is of the world, they are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. There's a distinction here. You're either yeah. one or the other. And you can be a child of God and have a misunderstanding of what that means. I know I am somewhere within the past 10 years of God giving me a new heart and opening my eyes. And I can look back and I can see different things that were still happening and things that were going on and being like, yeah, I wasn't understanding exactly what I was doing. And if you go to the cross, which we all should every single day, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, brutal. This is a call to repentance for everybody. We yeah. all know that we have poured the garbage bag of our sin over the Lord of the universe. And his reply was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah, still had compassion. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed. That's the last time we must rejoice in the steadfast love of the Lord. 